Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there and hello to you and welcome to this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show, getting the promises of God into the people of God one podcast at a time. I am so glad you're here. Today, we're going to continue our look at the eighth chapter of the New Testament book of Romans, and we're landing today on some really big verses. Uh, This episode covers some ground that, um, you know, honestly, this verse for many believers, uh, it could be the most quote unquote popular verse that they know. We're going to look at Romans 8 verses 26, 27, and of course, the big kahuna, Romans 8, 28. It's not super well known for no reason. I mean, there's a reason like everybody and their brother knows this verse. This verse and of course the verses that surround it are of tremendous value to those who follow Jesus. And anything of tremendous value is worth investing in, right? Our time, our thoughts, our response, our prayer lives, our level of belief, all of that will be changed and impacted as a result of investing in the word of God. When you spend your time and invest it in the word of God and in prayer, you get a repayment on that investment. Your ROI is huge. Your thinking will change because when you have stinking thinking, you have kind of a messed up way of living. You know what I mean? Like people, you've, we've all met people who you know their life would be different if they would just change the way they think. Well, when you are ingesting, taking in the word of God, and you let it change your thoughts, oh, your whole life changes. How do we respond to the things of life? Well, our response should be kind of a mirror of our response to God's word. How do you respond when a verse convicts you? There should be an actual like change in the way that you live. Our prayer lives, well, of course, they should change and improve. They should be bettered because we spent time in God's word. Our level of belief should always, always be on the uptick and increasing because we spend time in God's word. So as we get started today, can I just encourage you to be ready and willing to hear what these verses promise? Just be ready because there's something here for you. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode 96. Okay, so this series on Romans 8, man, it's been so good for me as I've worked on each episode and I've gotten some really wonderful feedback about this series. And that makes me just thankful that I followed the Lord's leading and started it. You know, you just don't know sometimes. Sometimes things feel bigger than you. And Romans 8, this chapter felt bigger than me, bigger than my skill set. You know, this is above my pay grade. But the Holy Spirit is the one who is leading and teaching me. Um, And so I'm grateful that it's been an encouragement to others. And my prayer all throughout this series has been and continues to be that we will be better that we will be better because we better understand what the Bible says to us from Romans chapter 8. To think better because we know better. To love better because we better know the Father's love for us. 
that we would pray better because we better understand the promises found in this portion of scripture to believe for better and better things. Because Romans 8 teaches us that the Lord God Most High does indeed have better things for us than we have previously experienced. You know, I found that that that's true. I found that to be true no matter what good things I've already experienced in life. There's always more that God has in store for us. And once once um, this life, you know, it wouldn't be gruesome or anything, but once this life comes to its end and we step into eternity, when we're in the presence of our Savior, like on a never-ending continual basis, well, that's going to be one amazing day. You know, it absolutely will be. So even when things get tough here in this life, we can still know, we should still know, we must still know that we have incomprehensible goodness coming in our future. But I also want to say that I believe there is so much good for us yet to come to pass right here in the land of the living. And um, that's I take that from a verse in the book of Psalms, Psalm 27, verse 13. I will yet see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and you and I will yet see it. Thank you today for uh, being patient with me and my scratchy voice. I have been uh, sick. I don't really know what hit me, but man, it hit me hard and it hit me fast. Um, it was not a good week for me to lose my voice. I have it back kind of today. Um, I did not have it back really when I needed it back to do a live video for part of the summit that I'm speaking at this week. So that was kind of like, oh man, oh, I sound terrible. And I still kind of sound terrible, but I, as I prayed through it, I really sensed the Lord saying, go ahead and record this episode. Um, I'll see how it turns out if it's terrible or if down the road, I feel like I need to re-record it and re-release it. I guess I can do that, but I'm just going to trust the Lord. I really sensed him saying that, um, it's more important to get it done than to worry about, you know, to be over-focused on, on how terrible my voice sounds. So if you would just extend grace as you listen, thank you. I appreciate that. And I hope that you can listen beyond my scratchy voice and hear God's encouragement, God's hope what God has for you from this episode today. So, um, but I did want to let you know that um, I feel bad. <laughs> My voice is so scratchy and I'm thankful that you're bearing with me anyway. So I hope that this series on Romans 8 has been encouraging to you. You are welcome to go back and listen to the prior episodes. I think they're they're all really good in, in terms of just doing a deep dive into one book of the Bible and mining, hunting, searching, digging, pulling out what God has promised to us in this one book. It's been great. And after this episode, after episode 96, we have three more episodes looking at promises that we find in this chapter. But today, well, today is kind of special. It's special. There is a rich treasure trove of hope for us from these verses that I'm about to read. All right, you ready? Let's go. Romans 8, verses 26 through 28 from the Amplified. In the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness, we do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. And we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot. 
um, in the first few verses, just like just prior to these, Paul was talking about hope. So I didn't read those verses today, but just kind of as a what comes before, it's, it's Paul talking about hope, that all of creation is longing for the day when Christ will be revealed. And we who have hope in Christ are always, in some measure, hoping for what we have not yet received. We haven't like fully arrived. We're still living on this earth. We haven't gone on to be with the Lord in heaven yet. We aren't hoping for what we already have because that wouldn't make any sense. That actually wouldn't be hopeful, right? I mean, you don't hope, as Paul said, who hopes for what they already have, but a person hopes for what he or she does not yet have. And that is Romans 8 verses 24 and 25, kind of what Paul was talking about just before verse 26. So the first thing we want to take note of from verse 26 is that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. I've got weak places in my life. I really do. In my thinking, in my behavior, with my tongue, anybody else ever just say stuff that's like, just that's wrong. That's just wrong. I mean, if I'm the only one, um, I apologize to everybody I've ever said a wrong thing to. I mean, I do that. I have weak places. And today I have an enormously weak place in that my voice is... um, shaky and scratchy and I can't take a deep breath and this is not how I prefer to record a podcast. Definitely a weak place. But that's where the spirit of the living God comes to us and helps us. Don't skip past this too quickly. It's so important to really get a hold of this. He helps us right where we need some helping and the Bible tells us that we need help in our weakness. The Bible never tells us to man up, be all John Wayne, and figure it out on our own. Do better, work harder in your own strength. No, 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 no. Thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to live this life in my own strength. Paul is not mincing words here. He really never does. So let's actually accept what the Bible is saying. We sometimes want some help for X, Y, Z. You know, hey, God, help me out with my finances. Or maybe, Lord, my health. I'm not feeling very well. Can you help me with that? Can you heal me? Can you bless me? Can you deliver me? Can you see me through? With that certain coworker. He's rough. He's rough. Can you straighten that out uh, in some aspect of our relationships, maybe in our marriage, maybe with our siblings? Because look, you know, when you grow up and you become an adult, your sibling relationships change. You know what I mean? Am I right? Siblings as adults can kind of be like a bag of cats. Just like, watch out. It can get scratchy and wild. And, and those are all things to pray about. By all means, seek the Lord's wisdom and guidance and help with all those kinds of things, with any area where you need help. But in this particular passage, it's telling us that we need help in our weakness, in our weakness. I might feel weak because I'm not as healthy as I like to be when I record a podcast, but this is talking about like in my weakness when I don't even know how to pray kind of weakness. This isn't talking about I don't get along well with that coworker. This is my weakness, not I want him to change so I can be different. This is my weakness. So in your work stuff, perhaps you're mainly praying about things from help me deal with this difficult person. Guide me as I get ready for this big presentation. Bless the work of my hands. Give me favor. Give me increase. Really, really great things to pray. I mean, everything is a good thing to pray about when we recognize God is our loving, caring, and good father, you know, but that's not necessarily weakness, Lord, I need a raise. A struggle? A need? Yeah. A weakness? I, I don't know. Maybe not necessarily. So we need to first off acknowledge that we have weak spots. That can be really hard to do. And then we need to be willing to let the Holy Spirit be the Lord 
over those weak spots. You know, come to me this week, Holy Spirit, and help me in my weakness. Yeah, that's a different kind of a prayer than straighten out that coworker that's annoying. Show my sibling how they treated me wrongly. At that, the two different kinds of prayers. This very week, Holy Spirit, I'm going to have some weakness, some weak areas. Would you come and help me right there? That's just simply agreeing in prayer with what Romans 8.26 says. And it's good to pray according to the word of God, to get yourself to fully yield to the sovereignty of God by praying for his will as he has revealed it in his word, asking him to make that be the thing that comes to pass in your life. His will be done in your life, in my life now. And I do mean that like in the right now. That is solid praying right there. This verse continues with some direction about our praying, our prayer life, and it should be a prayer life. I know I've said this before, but I guess it bears repeating. If your praying doesn't have some life to it, if it feels kind of dead, it isn't maybe what God would have it to be. God wants it alive, full of hope, excitement, with time to ask and to seek and to knock and time to listen and to hear what he has to say to you. It's a relationship. So it should be a prayer life that's alive. When we don't know what to pray about, or you don't know exactly what prayer to pray, sometimes we get tied up with that, right? Like, what prayer do you want me to pray? What do you want me to pray about, Lord? Um, you know, you can, a verse like this, you could pray a verse like this. Say, Lord, you have promised in Romans eight twenty six that your Holy Spirit will help me when I don't know what or how to pray. As in, he sorts it all out perfectly. Isn't that comforting? I just love that. He gets the right thing across the finish line at the right time. He's never late. He's never forgetful. He's not absent-minded, and he cannot fail in any aspect of his work. Your God is never late. Your God is never forgetful. He's not absent-minded, and he cannot, cannot, cannot ever fail in any aspect of his work. If he promises that he knows our need, and that is something he has promised. If he promises to help us in our weakness, and that's exactly what he promises. If he says that he will intercede for us at just the right time, and he surely will do just that, then we can, we must stand on that truth. It's not a crime to be weak, my friend. I'm just giving you permission right now to actually acknowledge that you at times are weak. That is not a crime. To have times when you have no clue how to pray, all you know is that you, you need to pray. That's it. That's all I got, Lord. I don't know how to pray. I don't even really know what to pray. I just know I need to pray. You know, the Holy Spirit, he can do something there. He wants to do something. He is going to intercede for us. Don't fear weakness. Fear prayerlessness far more than you ever fear weakness. A prayerless life for the believer is not good. It's like poisoning your own well and drinking it and then wondering why in the world you feel sick all the time. When we don't know how to pray, when life has knocked the wind out of us, we can easily end up not praying at all. Ask the Holy Spirit to do as he has promised in these verses, to intercede for you and to make that intercession line up with the will of God, and he'll do it. Okay, let's read verse 27 once more. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. If you sense the Lord is searching your heart, can you remember this verse rather than maybe like panic and get uneasy during the searching process? Think of it as more of a, like a search and rescue, 
right? I mean, he's, he's searching your heart and he's always ready, willing, and able to rescue you. It really is more like search and rescue than search and recovery. Like when you hear on the news that some type of search, maybe after a tornado or some other natural disaster has transitioned from rescue to recovery, that, that indicates a loss of life. God is not in the loss of life business. He is in the healing, restoring, delivering, blessing, forgiving, offering grace and mercy, discipling, rescuing business. Think of those times accordingly when you sense the Lord searching your heart. Let him search. That, that maybe sounds scary. I'm going to say it again. Let him search. He knows what the mind of God is, and that's incredible to have as a sort of covering over your life because he knows the mind of God in any and every situation, circumstance, relationship, health problem, financial issue, global pandemic, inflation, Russia invading Ukraine, can't find a job, gas prices are through the roof, I'm sick and I don't know how to get well, whatever kind of a problem you have today or may have in any of your tomorrows will ever have over the course of a lifetime. He knows what the mind of God is. And that is your covering and your protection. So let him do that searching. Let him take what he finds as a result of the search. And, and he wants to take it. He wants to lift those burdens from your shoulders. But, you know, you have to be willing to let him do that. Allow him to take the burden off of you. And then just let him intercede for you. It's what this verse says, right? On your behalf. And he's interceding from that place of knowing fully exactly, perfectly, and completely what the will of God is. See how beautiful the hope and the promise is in Romans eight twenty seven. It's tremendous. Uh, the searching is only scary when we look at it in the wrong light. It's actually so, so good. You are blessed, my friend, when the Holy Spirit stands in intercession for you. You want that. You want him to intercede for you and then to do it again tomorrow. If you need it again tomorrow, he's interceding on your behalf, on behalf of all God's people, in accordance with God's will. This is awesome. You know, let me ask you, how is that for a promise? Is that not amazing? Okay, dun dun dun. Here we go. Now we arrive at Romans 8:28. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. God has a plan. Did you maybe need to hear that today? God has a plan, not just a plan for the entirety of the world as a whole, in large part for the masses. You know, of course, this is my father's world. And as creator, as sovereign, he has an overarching, all-encompassing plan. Of course he does. If not, how could he be the God of all creation, the one who is, who was, and who is to come? You know, like, like for you and I as individuals, he has a plan too. For me, for you, no child of God is left out of his plan. None who is in the beloved can be out of the plan. He doesn't forget anything or anyone, not for a millisecond. God has a plan. And he causes all things, all things to work together as part of that plan for good, for good for those who love God and are called according to his plan and purpose. There's just so much to this verse. That's why it's, it's so well known. One sentence a handful of words and the way we look at our lives and every moment of our lives, it's changed. It's, it reminds me of a quote from my favorite fiction book, The Four Feathers. Three little white feathers and the world's at its end. 
Well, you know, regarding Romans 8, 28, a handful of of words and nothing is at its end. The world opens up to us because we see that everything will work for our good. It's tremendous. This verse changes the way that we view life, the way that we think, and subsequently the way that we live. Do you live in belief? Do you live what you would call a believing life? Or do you live more in the land of maybe unbelief? You know, not the land of make-believe, but the land of unbelief. No Christian should remain in a place of unbelief for too long. Look, you know, make, if you have to face and battle unbelief, make it a short stop. Stay there briefly. Short stops in that place, my friend. Get about the work of believing. And it can be work, but get after it. It's good work. The way you get up and get dressed and head out the door to go to work in the morning as a habit. You know, there's no mental arguing back and forth about the merits of going to work each day, um, you know, versus the risks involved with such a daily venture. You know, I mean, after all, um, anything could happen. Something awful might happen. Why, anything could take place today. On the way to work as I'm grabbing my morning cup of coffee, it's hot and it might spill on me. And I don't know, that would just wreck my whole day and maybe stain my pants. And then I've got to go to the dry cleaners. And, and then there's that first hour of the work day. Who knows what that one hour might bring? How could I survive it? I don't know. I don't think I don't think I could endure it if that first hour was a challenge. If it's difficult or taxing or wearisome. Nope. No, no, no. I'm not going to work today. Not going to do it. Maybe when my employer gets me on an ironclad, you know, plan, like a plan, he's going to give me a guarantee that I won't have any stress or struggle, no problems, no hard tasks to do at my job. Then I'll go back to work. But until then, work, it's just too risky. You know, newsflash, many of us treat faith in this manner. It seems risky to believe that a promise like Romans 8.28 could really be true. You know, what, what if? What if it isn't true for me? This seems dangerous. Maybe this is just foolish to be one of those, one of those people, you know, those people who live their days believing that God really does work out all things for their good. Wow. I don't know. I just don't know if I can go that far today. Maybe tomorrow I'll try again. But today, uh, today, I think I better play it safe, not take any risks and just wait for God to increase my faith. You know, if he actually wants me to believe this verse, then he needs to increase my faith to the point that I can believe it. He, he should maybe do some proving first. Once he proves it, then I can, then I'll believe, then I'll believe. Listen, I have to tell you, God really does want you to take him at his word by faith. He really does. And you don't need to wait for more faith to come along. You need to believe based on a faith that you already have. You know, when Jesus was asked by his disciples to increase their faith, remember how he responded? His response was to tell them that so much that was seemingly miraculous and utterly impossible in man's own strength could be accomplished by faith the size of a mustard seed. That's that's exactly what he said. And I'm guessing that you and I both have that amount of faith at the very least. Probably we have more than that. The verse Romans 8:28 is a favorite when we pray for others. You know what I mean? But it may not exactly be a go-to verse when we pray for ourselves. We know it by heart. We can recite it at the drop of a hat, but we may, may not believe it even as we speak it. Certainly not for ourselves. Yet we desperately want it to be true. And not only to be true, but true for us, not just true in the greater realm of things, but true for us, true for me now, today, 
Well, what if it can be true for you today? What if it is true? What if? What wonder, what possibility, what dreams open up to us when we believe this verse is indeed 100% true for you and me right now at this moment? God has a plan. He has a plan for you, a plan to work all things. And that little three-letter word, all, you know, it really does mean all, A-L-L, all things for our good. There's nothing left out. He hasn't forgotten anything. There's no, oops, all, except for that part. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. It truly does mean all things will work for your good if you love the Lord your God. And oh, I hope that you do and are called according to his purposes. So if you meet those two conditions, then Romans 8, 28, it's not merely a promise from the Bible. It is your promise from the Bible. What does it mean to be called according to God's plan and purpose? You know, Paul was called to be an apostle of Christ through the will of God. We find that in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1 and Romans 1, 1. It's kind of like um, how he kicked off his resume, so to speak. What authority do I have to write to you, to preach to you, to teach you? Well, I was called to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ through the will of God. Boom, there was his authority. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, we are called with a holy calling. John 6 verse 44 states that no one can come to Jesus unless God calls him. So if you are a follower of Jesus, you've been called. In Matthew 22, we read about many being called and few being chosen. Have you responded to the Lord's call to surrender your life to him? If so, then you know what it means to be called by God. It is his will that none should perish, but that all should be saved. He made the way to salvation possible, and his desire is for all mankind, every single person on this planet, to answer his call. So I don't want you to think that this is something only certain disciples of Jesus get, this being called. Are you walking with him day by day? Well, how could you walk with him? without that calling. It's certainly not our flesh that allows us to follow Jesus. Our flesh, it's not going to be in eternity with us. So it has no reason to do the work of denying itself, to take up its cross daily and to follow the Lord. The here and now is all the flesh has. And so that's all it's concerned with. It wants for nothing beyond the right now, right now, right now, which is why it screams to be satisfied in the now on a daily basis. But for those who have been called and who you know, much like Zacchaeus responded when the Lord said, hey, come on, come along with me, follow me. He said, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I need to dine with you today. I have some things to share with you. Much like that instance, has God said to you, hey, come on, come along with me, follow me. We who are called according to God's plan and purpose, we have this promise, Romans 8, 28, this unbreakable promise that all things will work for our good. I don't need to pretty this up and describe how good could mean this, that, or the other, you know, but might actually feel pretty doggone bad. Look, that right there kind of bothers me when people will try to pretty up the bad and say, but I'm sure that somehow that's, you just needed that good. Look, it actually really bothers me. And it bothers me because we can so easily, so quickly, and so readily excuse away God's word and God's promises with that kind of thinking. But God wants us to believe Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Oh, let it be so for me and for you, right? Like we have to actually choose to believe and not excuse away God's promises. And, and who's helped by that kind of talk anyway? Say you've lost someone dear to you. You've lost a loved one. 
is it helpful at all to say ridiculous things like, well, God must have needed them more than you needed them. Someone says to you, God needed an angel. Um, Angels are angels. People are not angels. Angels are not people. And that's ridiculous. You don't become an angel. That's just that's zero comfort from that. And what? And why would you even say that? That's like a terrible way to comfort somebody who is in deep grief. God needed them more than you needed them. I really think about that. That's just simply not comforting. And it's not true. It's not true. That's not how God works. It's not how God plays ball. You know, you'd be far better off to just sit with them in their grief. Because sometimes we say things like that because we don't know what to say. and We want to say something. You'd be better to just sit with them. Just be there silently. That's better than to say things like that. I'm not trying to be too harsh. I'm just speaking truth. If you've been on the receiving end of that, you know exactly what I mean. You know how that feels. The good promised here in Romans 8.28, it's inherently good. It's the kind of goodness that originates from God. And it just can't be explained away as bad is good. This is opposite world. You know, all things work for good. So even though this is horrible and hard, this is really just the bad is the good. No, he will make good from it. And the good will actually be good. And we don't have to pretty up the bad and say the bad is really the good. We can wait. We can be patient. And we can believe this verse that it's absolutely true because it is. We don't have to try to live in opposite world. And we're not little kids who play that game. I didn't mean it. It's opposite world. No, 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 no. God doesn't. God doesn't operate like that. He loves you so very much and he has so much good for you. Nothing he does is ever outside of his unending love and his unending loving kindness toward you. He is for you. He is so for you and he is not ever against you. And he is working right now, all things for your good. This is a positive. It's positive. It's positive. Let's not somehow pretend that it's a negative that we're trying to, you know, polish up to make look like a positive. It is a positive because God said so, period. God is generous. God is kind. He empowers his people. Our God is faithful. God is trustworthy. He is love. The great I am has promised that he is deeply concerned about you and that he is working all things to work together as a plan. He doesn't do random, my friend. It's for good and it's for you. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Hang on to your hope because it's not going to let you down. Hang on to your hope. It will not let you down. It will not disappoint you. Hope in your God and expect to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, in your land, in your life. Romans 8, 28. What a promise. As I wrap up today's episode, I want to mention just a couple of things. I'm voting for the Spark Media Podcast Awards closes at the end of February. That's like right around the corner. And my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, is nominated. So get your vote in today for my show. Um, You can vote for me for Best Female Podcast, and I'll put the link to vote in the show notes. Spark Media Podcast Awards, um, it's just an honor. I won an award last year and wasn't there. This year I'm actually going to be at the event. And so that's going to be exciting. But it was an honor to win last year and it's an honor to be nominated and I'd appreciate your vote. And also something new coming up, a course on prayer, specifically on Psalm 91. Um, I'm going to have some options for members who join early, kind of as a founding member. It's going to sell for 50 and I'm going to have it at a discounted price for 25 for founding members. If you're interested, you can email me at J-A-N-L-B-U-R-T at Outlook.com, janalbert.com, or sign up 
at my email list at my website, janlbert.com. It's right there on that main page. Just scroll down, drop your email, and I'll let you know via an email about information when that comes up. And I'm probably going to do like a challenge on Instagram and Facebook, social media, a prayer challenge leading up to it, which I think could be really fun to kind of get our juices flowing, us thinking about Psalm 91 and prayer, and to um, get our focus on what's coming in that course. Because Psalm 91, that's amazing. It's amazing stuff. Next week on the show, we're going to look at verses 29, 30, and 31. I don't want you to miss it. Be sure to subscribe to the Burt Not Ernie show on whatever platform you listen. Feel free to leave a review too. Reviews help with the algorithm and I appreciate them so much. Thank you for being here and listening. Scratchy voice and all. Thanks a zillion. I really mean it. I appreciate your support, your continual downloads and listens. And um, I've got to add this in today. For all those who listen to the Ernie show in countries other than the U.S., uh, I'm so glad. I'm so humbled and I'm so glad that you're listening. And if you happen to be in a country that is um, difficult for followers of Christ, maybe you're enduring some difficult things right now. I mean, of course, what comes to mind is the Ukraine. I do have listeners in the Ukraine. Please know that I see the list of the countries that listen, and there are many, and I'm praying for you. Ukraine, we're praying for you. We're standing with you here in the U.S. and Western society, and we are praying for you. And for everyone who's listening, would you pray for believers in these difficult countries of the world? Would you like, I mean it, I'm about to wrap up. You don't even have to move on to your next favorite podcast or um, take your earbuds out. Can you just keep them in and listen to nothing? But if you keep them in, people aren't going to interrupt you. They're going to think you're still listening to the podcast. Would you just keep your earbuds in and pray for these people. They need it. They are our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Would you pray for them right now? Intercede. Seek the God of heaven on their behalf and do it now. Don't put it off where you might forget because Satan is good at making us get busy and forget the things we really need to do. Do it now. Do it now. Praying for you. You're not alone. You're not standing alone. Praying for you today and then praying for you even more and even more standing with you by faith. The Lord sees, the Lord sees. And Romans eight twenty eight, it's for you. It's for you. Even you in the Ukraine right now, it's for you. Praying, I'm praying that you will see it come to fruition even at this very moment. Thank you all so much for listening today, for joining me on the Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app for Romans eight twenty eight, episode 96. See you back here next time. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.